And we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We concentrate on NBA, NFL, and sometimes UFC. Uh, this is a mid-period right before NFL basketball coming up right at the uh, end of October. And a lot of sports are starting to pick up. Uh, but today's subjects are going to be, just to give you an overview, it's going to be uh, the Marcus Cousins, the Lakers, um, and things with the NFL like the Jay-Z NFL merger, Antonio Brown, along with Josh Gordon's situation. But I'm going to go ahead and introduce the host. My name is Alex, and go ahead and say something for Mohammed. just want to say what's up to all the listeners. Thank you for listening, and keep listening. Follow us on our many different pla- – well, not many, but a, a few different platforms with Twitter. So do you, so you think you know sports, no hashtags or anything like that, along with our, our IG. It's a, really has really good previews along with our YouTube channel. We have a few different ones. But just to kind of start it off with this episode, we're, we're jumping into NBA where now Carmelo has been working out with the New Jersey Nets. Sorry, not the New Jersey Nets. They are now in Brooklyn, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. And Ty Lue is possibly going to be a, a coach for the Clippers. But the big story that has came about in the last week was DeMarcus Cousin and another injury. Now, he went down last Friday uh, with a in practice with a torn Achilles. This has been uh, well, torn ACL, right? Yeah, sorry, I, did I say something different? He said torn Achilles. He already so, tore uh, that. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, he tore his Achilles. Actually, actually that was in January twenty sixth. Sorry, January twenty sixth of twenty eighteen. Uh, but it's a series of injuries that have happened in less than two years. Uh, he has three, had three major injuries in just the past year and a half. Like I was just saying, January twenty sixth of two thousand eighteen, he tore his Achilles. April 15th of 2019, he tore his squad when he was with the Golden State Warriors. And now he has signed with the Lakers and couldn't even make it out of a full summer. And in practice on September 15th, tore his ACL. Now, it's it's not looking too good for Cousins and contracts and his career. And, ho, do you see this being the end of Cousins' productive career in the NBA? I think this kind of spells the end of his career because multiple injuries happening in the short span of time, it just doesn't look good. Teams already weren't offering him much. You know, he's a very talented big man, but as a big man, the the injuries just keep piling up. They're not going to get any better, and teams aren't going to want to pay for him. So hopefully he can come back uh, somewhat like he was before, but – this probably spells the end of his career. He's not going to be much more of anything else after this. Yeah. It's very tragic to say, but I think it's O-V-E-R over for DeMarcus Cousins in any type of productive career. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to get the paycheck that he was supposed to get. And he left a lot of money on the table when it came to New Orleans. But I completely can only feel sorry for his situation. That's one reason why we say the torn Achilles is a death stroke to someone's career. It kind of spells that the body will compensate for not having that tendon anymore, which leads to the uh, quad tear and now the ACL tear. And this is all within his legs. So I, I do think this is the end of his productive career. I think he still will be in the NBA in a backup role, but 
his most productive years are behind him. Yeah, um, really, he is a pretty good passing big man. So I, I don't see him really getting getting down low with the big guys. He's probably going to spread the floor like he usually does and pass. I think that's where he's going to succeed the most from this point on. He's going to have to change his game, I think, because he's a center. He's a he's a center in a world of dying centers, uh, as in C E N T E R. Uh, now, <laughs> I just want to make sure to make it clear: centers versus center. Uh, but it, it's it's not a growing market for centers in the NBA. They're all moving towards a positionless NBA. So you can't really bank on them being there being a job or any want for him after this point. Well, I can see him still getting a job. He's probably going to go from team to team, but he can stretch the floor. He's able to shoot threes and pass. He's just going to have to slim down some more because he did slim down after um, the season ending. But he's just really going to have to really slim up, you know, kind of get really toned and change his game to where he's only going to be shooting mid jump shots and threes and passing the ball. Yeah, but I just don't see that happening because that has not been his career. Um, But anything's possible. Now, this is kind of less the Lakers stranded for a position and a roster spot because eventually we the rumor out is that they're going to pretty much buy him out and just so they can have that roster spot and seal it for a backup center or starting center because they currently have JaVale McGee which it was already up in the air on whether he was going to start or DeMarcus Cousin was going to start. But it fully looks like he's going to be that starter now. Uh, Now, one of these hot prospects to replace Cousins is Dwight Howard, which was an amazing player for the 2010s. He's actually a shoo-in for the Hall of Fame already without a ring. But uh, the Lakers have now gotten mission from the Grizzlies because he's been traded to the Grizzlies he's been on about five different teams and he's actually been on the Lakers within that span but uh, they both are showing heavy interest in each other but do you think that Dwight Dwight Howard would be the best option to fill the spot for the Lakers it's it's very tricky because Dwight Howard he is talented even though he's lost some of that talent um, this guy, before he got injured early in the season, he was averaging 12 points and nine rebounds. I mean, not everybody gets that. That's, that's pretty good. Um, but as far as the fit, the character, I'm not sure if that really fits with the team. Um, LeBron can make anybody work with him, but I, I don't see how that really fits. Dwight Howard, he can't really shoot. Um, he doesn't spread the floor that much, and that's why his career has probably gone downhill because he just can't adapt to this new game. I, I agree. It's, it just goes back to the dying position of a center. And it's, it hasn't been much interest for Dwight Howard, whether it be him not messing with other uh, locker rooms, the people, the other players not respecting him, or the scandals and the media. It can, it's countless things and countless times he said he's got it, and 
we kind we find out it's different. Uh, but do you actually believe Dwight Howard on how he says he understands that he was soft when he played with Kobe? Uh, I, I don't know how to really react to that. I, I think, I guess he learned his lesson. He's really seeing that he he really messed up. He could have made something very special with the Lakers. But just looking back at what the Lakers got to the point after Kobe Bryant got injured, he probably still would have felt bad because there was nobody else around him that could help him get anywhere on that team. Um, but he he's really felt like, you know, I should have stayed because from where I've gone since then, I've gone to multiple teams and everybody is looking down on me. Well, the Lakers were part of those multiple teams that he didn't stay at for a long time. It's not like he was a mainstay there, but it was a big trade. That was Steve Nash. That was uh, Kobe Bryant. That was Dwight Howard, which were powerhouses at that time. I'm really not sure whether he fully has embraced why Kobe felt that he was soft and said he was soft. He's, he's explaining in his previous interview not too long ago, but pretty much lobbying for a job, but he's actually had this every off season that he gets it now. Yeah, but I guess he, he might have learned. I'm not sure. I, what was in the interview that he was saying? Well, he was saying that he gets it now. He understands his role. Just to kind of briefly go over it, he, he was saying he understands his role. Uh, he, he understands what Kobe meant when he said he was soft. He he understood. He now understands that that he weren't, wasn't specifically talking about his personality. He was talking about his will to win and also grind it out, do the tough things to win. And now he says he understands that, that he's fully embraced the idea of being a back roll on top of what it will take to push through. But mm, I don't think you can really know until he's put back into that situation. That's true. But why not take a chance on him with the Lakers? Very true. But she leads me to my uh, other question about this. If not Dwight, who else do you feel is a good fit to fit that spot other than him? Uh, there's a lot of plays out there, but <laughs> I, I don't know. Options right now: uh, Kenneth Farid, uh, Joakim Noah. Uh, you have uh, it's it's not it's not many, but there's there's a good amount of actual centers out there uh, that can fill that spot. I actually rather Kenneth Farid over Dwight Howard. Well, Kenneth Farid, he was a pretty good player at one point, but it seemed like the league just passed him by. And he has become mostly irrelevant, uh, but he probably can fit in some good time and uh, do his job, just play his role. But I don't know if you could somehow spark that old Dwight Howard, you can get something special. I, I kind of do believe it. And I'm, I'm buying in. I have to give it to you. I am buying in because they're they're out here showing these old highlights of Dwight Howard, what he used to be able to do. And he doesn't look out of shape. He actually looks very, very much in shape. I just don't think people are bought in on his personality. And to bring up personality, do you think the Lakers, as fans, have gotten over his last stint in L.A.? 
I don't think they really thought about it until now because he's trying to get back on the team. I actually do think they thought about it because they, they've always thought just like how Kobe thought he was soft. They don't actually like Dwight with the Lakers. But I guess with the new roster spot, people are looking on the sunny side of having Dwight now. They, they really are. It's like they flipped their whole mental about Dwight because from the time he left till pretty much right till DeMarcus Cousins got hurt, they the Lakers fans have not wanted anything to do with Dwight. That's true. But also, the all of the players that were on that team and most of the management, it's all different now. So I, I think that also plays a role in this. Um, they will probably be more accepting. Yeah, very and, good point. Very good point because uh, Jeannie Buss actually has a very good relationship with, with Dwight Howard. They don't actually have any type of beef. They even added at him on a social media, I think it was Twitter, when he's going through this process of lobbying for teams. So there are there is very strong mutual interest. Yeah, but um, I think this is a downgrade from DeMarcus Cousins, mainly because DeMarcus Cousins, he could spread the floor. He dishes out the ball at times and he, he can he can shoot. Um, really well at times. And Dwight Howard, he can't shoot at all. He's mostly, he's going to clog the paint, but he's he could still be a good talent. So I'm not sure how it's going to work. He's best useful, useful for rebounds and defense. That's honestly where his best talents are going to be uh, for, for the situation. And on the low, I think a few other teams might be also buying in. I don't know how many roster spots the Clippers still have, but it seems like it's a race between who can get the best weapons. And I really wouldn't want to see Dwight on the Clippers. Why not? Well, just for the Lakers fan, uh, for their benefit, because I just think that's an even more difficult team to beat with Dwight, specifically on the Clippers. I'm not sure if they would. I don't know. I don't know if he really fits with them. Really, yeah, I don't know where he fits because he, true, it's just difficult. I'm, I'm just saying by de- I'm just saying mostly be due to the defense. Defense on defense on defense equals not scoring. So you got Patrick Beverly, you have Kawhi Leonard, you have Paul George, and you throw in the White Howard. You got at least four people right there that are locking down. That that's true. Um. That, that's a very good defensive lineup. They were a very good defensive lineup before the addition of Dwight Howard, if that ever comes. But I still don't imagine, think he really fits. And imagine if they got Iguodala also. Wow. Um, yeah, and, yeah. That, and that's a possibility. These are possibilities. They're possibilities, but I think it's very unlikely. Yeah, I think it's highly likely that the Lakers are going to pick up Dwight Howard because he's a very good uh, name, and the Lakers fans are ready to turn over anything for LeBron right now. And I, I'm with them. You know, I'm a LeBron fan. But, yeah. Oh, of course. Simply, simply because I'm having faith that he can provide more than he's taken away from this team. So are you willing to go out here on a limb and say that the Lakers will win next year's championship. I was going to say that whether they had the chance or not. 
<laughs> okay. I'm too biased for all of that. Okay. Well, you know, you gotta have some objectivity. Yeah, but you, I, I, I'm gonna be real. I'm very truthful about this. I'm very much a LeBron fan, so I was gonna say LeBron was gonna make it there no matter what. Did, did you say that last year? Yeah, I said it at the beginning of the season. Yes, foolishly, <laughs> of course, <laughs> foolishly. <laughs> but, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't think they were getting anywhere near that. I just thought because they have LeBron, it's always possible. Is anything's possible, but when you think about it realistically, that, that just was not going to happen. Well, realistically, LeBron has been in the finals for eight straight years and carried the last team he was on, who also had an extremely bad losing season uh, once he left, to the finals last year. But, so, but I, that's I, in the I, East. I, I agree. I, I I hear you. But throw in my fandom with LeBron's actual, uh, I guess, stats for being in the finals, I, I, I was going to say it either way. I'm just being honest. Don't you, blame you me for being honest. You were blinded by his history. I, I guess, yeah, yeah. I was foolish, but uh, who could know he was going to get hurt? Uh, they were number three in the division. Sorry, in the, yeah, actually in their whole division or the West at the time when he got hurt. So it's a whole bunch of what ifs, but I don't even want to go down that road. So yes, I'm gonna say I'm gonna stamp it. Yes, Lakers win this year, even though it's extremely early to be guessing these things. Yes, it is. Uh, we have the NFL coming up. The NBA season won't become more relevant until around maybe January, February. Well, I actually, that's a great segue because I think it's gonna become a little more relevant at the end of this month, going into next month. Really referring to the U.S. team FIBA World Cup team. Because who is left for to play for the U.S.? It is dwindled down to their best star being Kimball Walker or Donovan Mitchell, which they are great, good talent, but they are nowhere near the top talent in the NBA. Now, the U.S. team played against China in a scrimmage last Friday. And guess what? They lost 35 to 17. Actually, I think it was last Thursday, just to be, uh, don't quote me on exactly the day they were playing, but they lost. They lost 35 to 7 to the Chinese team. And there's nothing to knock against China, but we all know we always expect the U.S. team to win. Now, they got to win just this weekend against the Spain team, 90 to 81. Woohoo. But is it time to actually worry about, or actually is it uh, time to press the panic button on the U.S. FIBA world team, basketball team? Uh, yes, it probably is because there's so many players dropping out. They don't want to play. They Most of the players that haven't left already, well, just the players that haven't left already, they are still becoming rising stars, except Kimba Walker. I mean, he... He's always been that mid-tier, never really got enough shine. So I guess this helps him, but the, everybody's dropping out. It's just not a good look. Oh, not at all. And that's why I think it's going to become interesting slightly uh, right around the time that NBA, NFL will be getting interesting because I actually see the U.S. team losing 
that's going to blow up the media. It's going to blow up in every way, even though we know we're built to fail right now. With the team disassembled, they've already reported that they're having chemistry problems. Who would expect less? Yeah, chemistry problems with lower tier players. They don't know how to work together because they haven't been at that high mark of their career yet or anywhere near that. And I think they're high on possibly being thinking that they are that that top tier player because they're on the U.S. feeble World Cup team. You're just there because there were roster spots to fill. There's only 13 players left that are even eligible for the roster. One other player has dropped out. I can't even remember his name right now, but he's already dropped out. And he's been injured the whole time. I can't remember his name right now because I, I can see him in my head, but I can't remember his name. But he's already drop, dropped out. So you're down to your most minimal amount of players with bad chemistry and already losing to China in a scrimmage. Well, it looks like uh, they might have to be disqualified if any more drop out. I mean, that would be terrible. Well, I don't think they'll be disqualified. I just say it'll be damaging to the players who still stay on the team because they're going to have to work all the minutes and then go into their season. Yeah. Um, and that kind of that that's really going to affect them when it comes to the NBA season, because this one is going to be a wild one. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the only person who would pull out if he just got too bad in this situation is Kuzma because he has a lot, lot more riding on his upcoming season than pretty much the rest of these players. I know everybody's in the race this year, but I would say LeBron will pull him out of that situation and say, you're not going to get this extra mileage on your young body. <laughs> so you think LeBron just has the power to be like, you're not playing. I I do. I really do. Do you not? In some way, but I mean, I, I feel like Kuzma can make his own decisions. Well, okay. Well, kind of just to go off topic, do you know what, uh, when Kuzma was asked what he would give Michael Jordan for his birthday, what he his response was? No, I didn't hear it. Well, he said he would get Jordan a pair of LeBrons. That's how bought in he is. Okay, I guess that's a good point, but I, I don't know. I guess they're good friends. I don't know. Oh yeah, he's he's more than he's ready to lay it all on the line for LeBron. And that's one reason why he's still in is in LA. He he has to come through on the faith that they've put in on him, and I think I think it it was a good investment. Yeah, uh, Kuzma. I feel like he was probably the best player out of the ones that. They shipped off, um, and he will probably prove that he will confirm that this upcoming season. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. But uh, to kind of move on to the news with the NFL, the biggest, biggest topic has been an actual rap star, Jay-Z. Now, with the new announcing of the merger of Jay-Z, the partnership of Jay-Z and the NFL, these are the terms to what he's saying they're, they're, they're going to be joining uh, to do. 
he's going to be over the entertainment and improving the live games, whether that be the Super Bowl and major events, and also to partner for social justice. So he's partnering up with the NFL. Now, there's been a lot of backlash, I'll just go ahead and say it, when it comes to his response to a lot of issues people have about this merger. Uh, he would be, and, and just to throw it in, he would also, he's also going to try to become one of the most, uh, one of the NFL part owners of the NFL team. We don't know which team yet, but he's in line to be a part owner of an NFL team. But it kind of makes some things really fuzzy. What's the real direction? And is he on the actual social justice side? Is this all just to get the heat off of the NFL? Uh, now, uh, Jay-Z says, we're in a in an interview on NFL Network. Said we're done kneeling, which has rubbed a lot of people wrong. He's saying we're addressing the issue and the kneeling thing is over. While sitting beside Roger Goodell, this has gotten big, big backlash. But do you think the NFL is saying they actually hear the issues of their mostly black players? I think that the NFL, they're, they're trying to make themselves look better by partnering up with a, a very successful black man who is in the entertainment business. And it really works on both sides. I think they are kind of trying to make a, a change, but just a little bit, not enough to really drive some change. Now, as far as Jay Z, um, it's very conflicting because I've, I've heard that he talked to Jermaine Dupree. I think that's who it was. He yes. said that he shouldn't perform in the Super Bowl. And yeah. now we're, now we're seeing that Jay-Z is actually partnering up with the NFL. So it, it kind of is, is very conflicting. Um, Colin Kaepernick is going after him. Um, Eric Reed. Uh, yep. Even the wide receiver, Kenny Stills, I'm not sure what team he plays for now. He goes to too many teams. But um, he's he just really getting a lot of backlash. Jay-Z, I'm going to err on the side of caution and uh, say that I'm just going to wait and see what he does. Hopefully, Jay-Z does something really well with this uh, new position that he's going to have with the NFL. And it will make change like he's trying to do instead of just kneeling, you know, actually put some action behind it, like he was saying. Yeah. And just to unravel it and to kind of answer the question of, on whether the NFL actually hear the issues of their mostly black players, I think they hear them, but not too loud. They're, they're saying, we'll, we'll, we'll take in some of what you're saying, but only through the person we assign. And why not get a big name to fill that slot? I think Jay-Z is an opportunistic person. He's going to go where the money goes. And why not line up with the NFL like Papa John has done, along with beer companies have done. And he also, his, his whole, I guess, his way of looking at it is we need a seat at the table. We as, and I guess he's saying black people, but nobody specifically assigned him to be that person. Uh, I guess what the NFL has, but <laughs> uh, with who do you see 
Jay-Z's partnership benefiting the most? The NFL, the players, or Jay-Z? <laughs> well, I think it benefits Jay-Z the most because from what I hear is he might be able to get he might be able to be a majority owner in one of the NFL teams, which looks really good. You know, a black person being a majority owner of a uh, NFL team, which has never happened. Um, and this will only make Jay-Z more money. As far as the NFL, it helps their image, but people are going to still have their conspiracies and not think too good of the NFL. And as far as the players, they probably lose out the most in this situation because they don't see well, they don't get the person that they might have wanted. Yeah. And I guess that's where they're saying we we elect people for the players association. But, you know, there's many rules in that. It's representation, things like that. But um, just to kind of go back to, sorry, Eric Reed, who actually is one of the players who plays in the NFL and is currently still protesting for social justice and all around. Well, his comment when he was in front of cameras uh, just the other day was Jay-Z is approaching being a sellout. Now, do you think he is right by his comment? Man, it's hard to say. That's why I said I err on the side of caution. Um, I don't want to go to the point of saying that Jay-Z is being a sellout, but it does have some of the... He said he's approaching it, so I guess that's kind of what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Because, you know, Jay-Z, like you were saying, he's opportunistic. He's trying to get what's best for him and his family, which he should. But in a way, I know this might not be the best comparison, but it kind of looks like, you know, how Kanye West was with Trump. You know how everybody was getting on him about meeting with Trump um, yeah. and still nothing has changed. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know this. It doesn't look good, but I hope he does good things in the position that he has. So do you think Eric Reed was right by his comments? Though? I think Eric Reed, he sometimes takes things to the extreme. Like oh, yeah. um, he <laughs> like it, it was one time where one of the other guys who was a pretty big, um, what is it, supporter of Kaepernick, he kneeled all the time, Malcolm Jenkins from the Eagles. And he talked with the NFL about, you know, trying to settle this whole thing with kneeling and players coming out for the anthem. And they settled that. And I, Malcolm Jenkins, he stopped kneeling. And once uh, Eric Reed saw that, he just went ballistic on the dude. Like Eric Reed, his eyes were popping out of his head. People had to hold him back because he said that Malcolm Jenkins was a sellout. Like it's it's really not that bad the the way he went about it. Yeah, I I think Eric Reed can be extremely harsh sometimes in his comments and get ahead of himself before he knows all the details of a situation. I actually think he does that often. Um, not in all situations, but from what I've seen in his reactions, 
it seems like he does just doesn't know all the details of a situation. Now, with this one, I actually think he's right. What is JD doing? He's getting money. Uh, what is he leveraging? Social justice. Uh, so, yeah, it, by exactly what he's saying, approaching sellout and not being a sellout, I would say he is justified by his comments because, hey, I ha- actually have one last question about it. Uh, is this more about money or is it more about social justice for both the NFL and Jay-Z? I think it's – okay, when you put both of them together – this is about well, making sorry. money. We can, separ- we can separate it. We can separate it. Go ahead. Well, l- let me just continue on that. But okay. if you put both the NFL and Jay-Z together, of course, this is about making money. These are two big um, – well, as far as Jay-Z by himself, he's he's big. He's huge. He's one of the biggest rappers, I think, a billionaire now. And um, the NFL, you know, they make billions. So you put two – popular things together that's just going to make even more money draw more people in but when you put it separately um of course the nfl is about money they they're gonna want the money um bottom line but they might be just just slightly just trying to look good for everybody so they can um get some people to calm down get some more people to come and watch the game but it's still all about making money. So they're not all into the social justice. And as far as Jay-Z, I feel like I'm going to be positive and be optimistic and say that he's half and half. He's about the mo- getting the money and about social justice for black people or, and colored people. Uh, no, I, I disagree. I don't think <laughs> he's at all about social justice in this situation. I think- Jay-Z? Yes, JC. Yes, I, and I, in the uh, NFL, I don't think it's about justice for them either. Uh, that is completely the back burner. They just need a fall guy. They need somebody who's who can take the dollars and shut up the public. And just to kind of quote what he said on the NFL Network, he clearly said, "We're done kneeling." He is speaking for everyone when no one voted him to speak for everyone. That's true. He he jumped to conclusions. He said, we're done kneeling. It's all about action now, which I, I can really see that point. It comes a point where you have to do something about it instead of just, you know, just talking about it. Just talking about it isn't going to make change. You actually have to start doing something. So that's why <laughs> I can see him actually doing something well, being on the side of social justice. But I think we need to wait and see. How this how all of this plays out first? Well, I like the idea. I like the glitz and glamour idea of we got to get a seat at the table. We're we're putting ourselves in so we can get more in. But I don't see that happening at all. Uh, I just don't see the social justice part of this because a man of Jay Z's character. Well, I wouldn't say his position along with Roger Goodell, can actually present a plan to you if they're going to say they're about social justice and entertainment and live experience. Because I really think it's mostly about the live experience. This is a Cookie Lions, uh, what's that show again? Uh, Empire. Empire. This is a whole empire merger type thing. Uh, I personally think it's it's all a money grab. It's going public. 
Yes, it's just going public. They're just going public with it. They go into the mainstream media and they feel they can get a lot of black people on their side by putting Jay-Z in this position. He did not make himself look good when the uh, the interviewer asked that question. Uh, the the sportscaster, that's, like, that's the word I was looking for. The sportscaster asked the question. They asked whether he was on the side of, whether they were on the side of kneeling or uh, I think maybe protesting. I'm not exactly sure what the other option was, but he was quick to say, we're no longer kneeling when nobody told you to speak for everyone. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. But, um, uh, where's this sketched out line? Where's this social justice supposed to be coming from? What is it money back into certain foundations? Is it, uh, like there should be some sort of remnants of a plan for actual social justice more than there should be for the entertainment wise. And all I see is entertainment. Well, I, I feel like this was just an announcement. We, we got to wait and see this just happened. Let's, let's see in about a month. Okay. Well, let's, let's see what how this I, all plays out. I hear you, but why is there much of like they could have just said about enhancing entertainment and social justice, but they got more into oh it's going to be a Super Bowl and major events. Why do y'all have the specifics of that, but you have zero even idea on or you don't publicize an idea of what you're going to actually do for social justice? Is it now wrapping in? Uh, calling Ka- Kaepernick shirts and now selling them because that's not that's still about the money. That's just that's just riding the wave and getting the money off of something that's not getting a real awareness. That's true. I mean, that's that, that's very true. You so know, how? please <laughs> tell me how. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to be optimistic. Jay Z. Now, for me. I don't really like Jay Z's music that much, but, but you know it, he's that's here nor there. Yeah, but <laughs> Jay Z like him though. It's not. I'm not being biased in that way. Yeah, that, that's true. But I'm being optimistic because Jay Z. I feel like he he wants to be looked at as a positive figure in the black community, and he needs to come through on this deal of social justice for uh people of color so i think he's gonna follow through at some point sooner than later i think he thinks he can give with both hands he he can give with the bad hand and he can also give with the good hand uh so he he's he's done some really positive things and media wise and for his friends that would seem that he's on the air of extreme justice and things like that. For example, getting uh, Meek Mills, the rapper, out of jail and also helping out other 21 Savage when it comes to his uh, his his lawyers and things like that. But those were all still invested in money and probably leveraged on some possible other investments. And I'm not going to fully say that's all he was in it for, but it looks good to the public. What are you doing for the real public, though? Because I haven't seen any specific things he's given back to the community. Yeah, we might have to do some digging and see if there is any. But what would really sell me is if they get Cole World on this, get J. Cole on this, get him behind 
this social justice partnership with the NFL, and that will sell me. And, oh, dang, that actually sounds like, yes, I, I agree. I, I would be kind of, I'll be pretty much bought in a little, I wouldn't be fully bought in. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm out on the NFL in a way. I, I just don't believe them anyway. Uh, it, it would take a lot for them to get me be, feel they are on my good side, NFL-wise. Now, if you got J. Cole, which is signed to Jay-Z, it's a direct connection. He's actually signed to his label, to Rock Nation, uh, to Jay-Z. That would buy me in more because he's an extremely conscious rapper and extremely smart about the dealings of government, uh, other uh, platforms, and simple injustice. He's, he's a, a loudspeaker for injustice in general. That's true. And he but, also stood behind yeah. Colin Kaepernick. You remember whenever Colin Kaepernick um, first got blackballed, he took pictures with him and everything. Yeah, I, I agree. But I think that's going to be a hard sell. I, I think their relationship is about money and they just don't mix all of those things together. Uh, you, you, that would be a really great catch. And I think that's the whole allure to the NFL. That they, he can pull in all these other people who are highly influential to other people's mental about them, that that will change the mental about the NFL. I, I see your point. And I think it's the conspiracy theorist in you that really just wants to you be pessimistic about this. No, no, no. I don't trust the NFL as like, like that. But I'm, I'm just trying to say as far as Jay-Z, I feel like he's going to do something. I'm just going to be optimistic about that. Honestly, I would feel more comfortable with a partnership with Kim Kardashian than I would with Jay-Z. That's blasphemous. No, it isn't, because Kim uh, Kim Kardashian is actually getting guys out of jail. So the NFL partnering up with Kim Kardashian, that would sell I'm just you? Saying, I, I'm just saying that's I, I have more confidence in that. I'm not saying I would want that in any way. Okay, but is this not bias in a way? Because, you know, I know you kind of uh, like her. <laughs> well, no, no, no. It's, it's, that's not. That actually isn't it. Because I, if she's spitting out dumb stuff, I'm still going to say she's dumb, but she's pretty. Uh, that that doesn't, those doesn't uh, connect together. I still think, as much as I like Kanye and was an extreme fan of Kanye West, I think he's, I, I don't know, he's lost right now. But I am all about what Kim Kardashian has proven herself in the last couple, like two years. She's actually gotten normal people out of jail that she doesn't have to get credit for. Like, it's, it's been a little low key compared to the other things she did. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's, it doesn't make the best news story. No, it, it doesn't. The, the naked girl who models is now saving black guys out of jail. I, I agree. <laughs> That's true. Uh, just to wrap this up, I think uh, the NFL, they're mainly in, in it for the money. Jay-Z, he's also in it for the money. He's opportunistic, but I feel like he will do something at the least to help people of color with social justice. And and also, I sorry, but I had one one last comment on that actual thing. If we haven't already solved what 
what the solution is for so- social justice in the regular world. How is Jay-Z now going to be the savior? I'm just wondering because it's about cops shooting black guys. How How is that? Please, just I, I just don't see the connection. Are we now grouping police and NFL players together, let them spend a day together, ride around in the car? Are we doing a uh, ride along now? I don't know. They have some type of plan, maybe, that will help. I'm not sure. Well, they have not shared it. But just to move along to someone who has been locked out of the NFL also, but by their own doing, uh, that would be Josh Gordon. He was uh, is a part of the New England Patriots, but was with the uh, Cleveland Browns, but could hardly get on the field, mostly due to wanting to smoke weed and never being able to pass a drug test. Uh, it, but he has now recently been reinstated to the NFL and now ineligible. He is eligible to play now. Now, do you think that this makes the Patriots more of a powerhouse this upcoming season? It makes them more of a powerhouse if he's in shape. I'm not sure what he's been doing since he has been suspended, but hopefully he's been keeping up with his uh, health and being conditioned. Because if he is, this is definitely a great pickup again because just just for the games that he played he got 40 receptions for 720 yards and three touchdowns now i think he only played maybe six or seven games because he he came to the team late and he left the team early so he never played in the super bowl didn't play in the playoffs nothing like that and the patriots did he get a ring I'm pretty sure he did. He was still a part of the team, even though he was away. The Patriots, they thought he was good enough to kind of vouch for and try to keep him on the team. Because usually the Patriots, you know, they just get rid of you. If you don't mm-hmm. if they don't think that you're any type of use for them, they're like, you know, what? he's too much to handle. But he will be a great pickup. Um well, he is a great pickup now because he's been reinstated. Yeah, I, I must agree. They, they are really in line to shake my head but win it all again. Uh, there's, there's a couple other teams, but I can't play against history uh, and the Patriot luck. I, I just I can't, especially when they have such a great weapon because he's he could be arguably in the top five of receivers when he can actually play. You just sped out the numbers when the few times he did play. He just doesn't seem to get it when it comes to drug testing and things like that. I think the Patriots has caught him in this good safe zone where he's been fighting for many years to show that he's not the guy he was before, and he knows the Patriot way. We'll get rid of you, as you said before. So I think he's been on his best behavior, which has now got him reinstated in the NFL. And it actually has probably helped him more in getting reinstated in the NFL because he is a part of the Patriots. Yeah, that's true. And hopefully this helps him with his life because that's the really, that's the real goal that he's trying to achieve. You know, get off these drugs and you know, just live a straight life. Um, (laughs) I don't think he's going to live the straight life. I think he will learn to beat the test. 
Uh, that's where I think he's at. Okay, maybe, maybe. It, it might maybe w- with his history. It's it looks like it's inevitable for him to be su- suspended again, but hopefully he doesn't and he can play a full season. I don't think he gets suspended while playing for the Patriots. I think they would see it before it got out and he would get traded. And that's when he would get suspended and more than likely then kind of blackballed from the NFL. Well, I don't think much of anybody is going to trade for him. I mean, because what the Patriots got for him was almost nothing. I think they got like a, no, I think they spent a fifth or sixth round pick on him. And it was conditional. Yeah, you can say pretty much got him for free. Yeah, uh, it's because the Browns had tried over and over and over again to make it work. They saw the talent. They were they were in it to say, hey, we can we can laugh through this. We're, we'll deal with your issues. You are such a great talent. But eventually it just became too much of a problem and a large benefit for the Patriots. Yes, exactly. And I can see the Browns saying that because they've given them multiple chances. And yeah, I think it was like three years of chances. Yeah, but um, as far as the Browns, they were in turmoil themselves. Like, the Browns have been terrible for many years. So they don't know how to handle a situation like his correctly. But a team like the Patriots, who have had success for many, many years, they've dealt with many players, many different types of players, and turned them around for the most part. You know, some of them, not all of them. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, the Browns needed to start over. They did not need their best player to be their worst player, attitude-wise and uh, perception-wise and being sober-wise. He was he was the top player on the team who could never be there and kind of had the team in a, a uh, handcuffed position. But just to kind of go on to another player who has – a team in a handcuffed position, it would be Antonio Brown. Uh, at this point, he's still making a big deal about the helmet, even though he has lost the appeal for wearing his helmet uh, and has been out of practice because he's gotten beef uh, with the coach, GM, and, of course, the frostbite from not wearing the right uh, footwear. It just seems to be a whole lot going on. Nobody questions Anthony, sorry, Antonio Brown's effort and his actual training. But anytime he has a problem with the team, he seems to have to leave training camp. Well, the GM has had just enough and felt the need to walk over by the media and let them know that at this point, they've appeased everything, appeased to, they've catered to Antonio Brown in every way they could. They've backed him on the helmet issue. They've been there for the frostbite and understood uh, that he'll be out. And now the GM is pretty much pressing him to return. Said he is either completely in. At this point, he's either completely in or he's completely out. And hopefully he'll be there at the beginning of the season along with the Raiders. But do you see the Raiders punishing AD eventually? if he doesn't return very soon. Man, I think that they will probably release him 
or try to trade him. Mm. But at this point, I don't think any team would want to trade for him just seeing how he is. I mean, just look at the amount of money that the Raiders gave him, and he's still not acting right. There's nobody's going to want him unless, I don't know, he comes at a very, I guess, team-friendly cost. But Antonio Brown, he just looks so bad right now. Like, he just looks like a spoiled brat. And I, I like Antonio Brown, but just the way he's acting is just inexcusable. I agree. And either the media is making him look horribly bad, or he's actually doing this, and I actually think he's mostly on the side of actually doing this because he hasn't been in practice. Uh, he's gotten everything he asked for when it comes to the Raiders. He even got the $40 million extra that he wouldn't have gotten in uh, in a, another situation, $40 million of it guaranteed. Um, so I, I don't see I, – I think that was extreme when you're saying they're going to trade him or something like that. I don't think they're – they're ready to press the panic button on Anthony, sorry, Antonio Brown just yet. Like they're they're pressing it, but they're only softly pressing it. Uh, that's why I emphasize hope that they, he will be with them on uh, week one. They're hoping. So, they're not demanding. They're so hoping. you thinking that they're just gonna just wait around until he comes ready to play or something? That like you just can't wait for that. You just played paid this dude so much money. I think they are trying to insert their dominance when they don't have it. And A.B. knows they don't have it. They they just made a mistake with Khalil Mack just last year, probably somewhere right around the same time. So I, I just don't see them waiting in the wings seeing A.B. ball out on another team when they know he will. Yeah, Antonio Brown, he's a great player whenever he comes to play. But you also have to deal with the attitude and the constant back and forth when he doesn't get his way. And that just spells a toxic environment. Yeah, he's been extremely spoiled. And you kind of jumped ahead uh, because I had another question. And maybe I'll just have you clarify if you really, really, really feel this way. So do you think the Raiders will have a full fallout? with A.B. before the season is over. Yes, I do think so, because the Raiders, they're in a division with the Kansas City Chiefs and L.A. Chargers, which are two teams that both made the playoffs and had very good records. And I feel like they're going to do the same thing this upcoming season. So the Raiders, they really have not much of a chance to do anything this season. They will probably be irrelevant and... Antonio Brown, he's just going to be a distraction and not do as well with the team. I think they're going to have a fallout, but all will be good if they win. I just think that's the way it is. It's either you win and things are good, or we lose and he becomes more of a baby and they get fed up. I just think that's where it's going to be. Well, do you think they're actually going to win? I mean, just looking at the division. Yeah, well, true. That's a great um, uh, segue uh, because we're moving into the division picks. And looking at the division, it is the AFC West. In that division, it is the Oakland Raiders, the Kansas City Chiefs, the the Denver Broncos, and the L.A. Chargers. Out of that division, who do you think is going to win the division? 
Well, I think that the Kansas City Chiefs will reclaim the crown as the AFC West champion. And the Chargers will get second, Broncos third, and Raiders last. Hmm. Well, I think a little bit different. And it's not that I'm very confident that they're going to win. I just say that's the best chemistry for it not to be a full fallout before the end of the uh, before the end of the season for AB and the Raiders but my pick I think it's going to be a, a, a just a slightly different year for this division and the Chargers somehow once again are going to win this division because they were pretty much the leaders of this division until uh, Patrick Mahomes came into the league and I think they budge them out by one game I think it's Chargers, Chiefs Raiders Broncos. I just don't believe the Raiders are just that bad, but I don't think they're that good. So I go Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders, Broncos. Okay. Uh, just to run down the Raiders schedule. Well, their first game, they'll play the Broncos. Then they'll play the Chiefs. Then Vikings, Colts, Bears, Packers, Texans. They can beat the Lions. Chargers, they might beat the Bengals. They might beat the Jets. Then Chiefs, they might beat the Titans. Uh, with the way that you think the Jaguars are going, they might not beat the Jaguars. Then Chargers and Broncos. So I see Max probably five or six games that they win. I don't see them going that far. Hmm. Well, you make a hard argument there. I'm not going to go against that. <laughs> um, I just... Eh. Even with that schedule, uh, I just think they're better than the Broncos. I know the Broncos are supposed to have a good defense, but they're getting a little bit older. You have Joe Flacco now at the Broncos, but he has to learn a new playbook. Uh, I'm pretty solid with the first two Chargers or Chiefs for to win it all uh, for win it all for that division. Just thinking it's going to be a different year for the Chargers, and they they get that first round bye. Uh, so Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders, I'm still sticking to it. But, but even but if they're even, third in the division, I think Broncos will still be going to be worse than them, even if they only win five games. Okay. But even if the Raiders are third in, in the division, most likely they're not making the playoffs. So that yeah, still spells doom for the team. Yeah, I agree. I, I just I, – I didn't say they're going to not – sorry, I didn't mean actually answer that question. Yeah, I do think there's going to be a full fall out. But I also think AB is going to be on the team next year. Uh, I just think it's going to be a fallout at least at the end of the season. They have an off season. They try to ramp up and they try to come with the next season with a different type of chemistry. Maybe we'll see, but I, I don't think the Raiders are going to do too much. They might surprise me, but I, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't have much confidence in, in them, but I just think they're going to be at least one game better than the Broncos. But uh, just to kind of keep it in the AFC, and the last one of our division picks, because we've already covered the NFC teams, and we're on our last AFC division with the AFC South. The AFC South consists of the Jaguars, the Colts, the Tennessee Titans, and the Texans, the Houston Texans. Now, out of that division, who do you see making it out? Well, I think that Andrew Luck, he will come back and play like he usually does. But he might start out a little sluggish. 
but it won't affect them that much. So I have the Colts being number one in the division, followed by the Texans at number two, Deshaun Watson, very good player, along with DeAndre Hopkins. And their defense can be good most of the time. And um, third will be the Jaguars, led by their defense, not Nick Foles, and Titans last. Well, I think it's anybody's division, to be real. Uh, it's it's all middle-of-the-pack type teams. Um, Texans aren't head and shoulders over any other team, along with the Jaguars, Colts, or Titans, they all have their different benefits. You have the Jaguars with Nick Foles and a possibly better defense. You have the Colts with Andrew Luck, and he he has a, had a setback with another injury. So you never really know what you're going to fully get out of him. He He's a great, very great player when he plays, but it's about getting through injuries for him and that team. He leads that team, and that team doesn't go anywhere without him. Now, Tennessee may be the surprise this year. I know you put them at last in division, but they, they I really think they can be the surprise. Um, their quarterback is going into their, I think his third, uh, his third or fourth season in the league here. And I just don't know much about the team, but I think they have enough to actually do something this year. I think they may surprise the division. And the Texans, I actually think they're most the most confident team or the best team in the division, really, even though they're not head and shoulders above everyone else. Uh, I think just, just Deshaun Watson will be an amazing, have an amazing great season along with him and his receivers, and maybe the defense will come through for him. So just to kind of run down how I think the division is going to go, I'll go Texans, Jaguars, I guess Colts and Tennessee, uh, Tennessee Titans. I guess I'm putting them in the last spot also, but – for some reason, I think the Colts are going to uh, – what's going to happen is Andrew Luck's going to end up getting hurt, and what I'm not predicting is they're going to mess around and be the fourth one in that division simply because Andrew Luck is going to be hurt. And uh, that's the only reason why I would see, say he, they would be in the fourth. So you're saying that the Titans will surprise some people, but you I, don't, I just third. don't know that team. I, don't, I just don't know what this division – I've, I've put – a lot of confidence behind the Texans. I'm just guessing that the Jaguars bounce back defensively and that Nick Foles is actually going to surprise people. So it's hard for me to go against either one of them being the top two teams. And when you compare what Tennessee has, which is mostly unknown to Andrew Luck, nothing else about that team other than Andrew Luck, it's hard to decide who's actually going to fit in those two slot slots. Well, as far as the Titans go, Marcus Mariota, he can be good at times, but he gets injured way too much. He is a running quarterback, a a dual threat quarterback. He came in into the league at the same time James Winston did. And even though he has made the playoffs one time, he still has to prove himself before the Titans think about moving on. So he, he really, this needs to be a breakout year for him, or they might have to reconsider their position at quarterback. Um, but I also think you have too much faith in Nick Foles. Like, I, I just don't see it. I feel like they they will be third at best. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. But I, I just don't see it. 
I, I think it might come together for them. I think they thought it was going to come together for them last year, and they're going to try to reassure it comes together for them next year because everybody had a problem with their quarterback, which led to the defense having to be on the field too long, along with injuries and their uh, with their safeties, safeties and corners with the Jaguars. So I'm just saying that their plan from two years ago might actually work this upcoming season because they have a plan. And I think Texans have a real plan also, so that's just why I feel the most confident with those two teams. Colts and Titans are really dependent on injuries and injuries at the quarterback position, as you've lamented about Marcus Mariota and how I feel about Andrew Luck. So it really is, I think, you really can't fully tell who's going to win this division. But if I had to pin it down, I'm still going Texans, Jaguars, Colts, Titans. Okay. But just to run down the Jaguars' schedule, they have mm-hmm. to play the Chiefs the first game of the season. Then they play the Texans. They play the Titans. Then Broncos, Panthers, Saints, Bengals, Jets, Texans, Colts, Titans again, Buccaneers, Chargers, Raiders, Falcons, Colts. So their schedule is not easy. So I, I think the Jaguars, they're going to struggle some. I think they still can make it out as long as the defense shows up. As long as the defense is what they thought it would be that last year. And that's that's because I think Nick Foles is a solid quarterback who won't mess it up for you. That's what he's best for. He just won't mess it up for you. He's not going to make – well, he makes spectacular plays, but not often. But he does what he's supposed to do at quarterback, be that stable force who's going to throw it out of bounds when the throw is not there or do the check down to the lower man, the, the man in the flats, and throw it to them for the three-yard, five-yard game. He does the right moves. He does just enough not to mess it up for you. And that was the problem they had with their old quarterback. Yeah. Um, Blake Bortles. Yeah, I was just about to say his name. I couldn't remember. But he was a turnover machine. Yeah, and that was the issue. They They just – he always messed it up to where they just can't make it out. And I think Nick Foles is enough to not mess it up so they do make it out. Just barely. I agree. I definitely agree. Uh, But uh, we're going to go ahead and end it there and move into the questioning. So this has been So You Think You Know Sports. Now we're moving into the questions. Uh, Like always, it is three questions. It is all multiple choice, three multiple choice questions. Your guess is about as good as mine. Muhammad comes up with questions. I'll try to guess the answers. You will have time to answer also. Play along. But don't look up the answers. But we're going to go ahead and go with the first question. Go ahead, Muhammad. Which of the following NFL running backs won the NFL rushing title in the 2017 season? A, Kareem Hunt. B, Alvin Kamara. Or C, Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. You said 2017, correct? Yes. Uh, I'm really not sure on that one. Uh, Go ahead with a question and answer. Which of the following NFL running backs won the NFL rushing title in the 2017 season? A, Kareem Hunt, B, Alvin Kamara, or C, Ezekiel Elliott? 
Now, I, my first instance is going to go with Zeke just because he's been good for a good chunk of this past, what, three years. Um, but I'm just not banking on him being that person. I think he won it within that time, but I don't know. I feel like it was the year before 2017 that he won. I just don't know. Um, and you said Kareem Hunt was one of them. Did you say that? Yes, Kareem Hunt is A, Alvin Kamara is B, and Ezekiel Elliott is C. Alvin Kamara. See, I'm not too sure about Alvin Kamara because I'm not sure what his stats and everything. He's very big name out there, but I just haven't caught track of him. But you pretty much probably had enough time to answer, so I'm going to go ahead and guess here. I don't think it's Zeke, so... I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt, the person I do know. I'll say Kareem Hunt. That is correct. Wow. Okay. Power of deduction. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it works. Ezekiel Elliott, he actually won last year and in 2016. Oh, so he did win it the year before that. Yeah. He won 2016, 2018. I didn't. Yeah. But uh, uh, go go with the second question now. What is the name given to the very last pick in every NFL draft? A, Mr. Last Pick, B, Mr. Nobody, or C, Mr. Irrelevant? Oh, man, that's hard because all those are very close. I thought I would know this a little bit more. Uh, Go ahead with the question and the answer again, the NFL draft. Go ahead. What is the name given to the very last pick in every NFL draft? A, Mr. Last Pick, B, Mr. Nobody, or C, Mr. Irrelevant? Oh, man. God. I really don't think it's Mr. Last Pick because it just sounds ugly. It doesn't sound like it would catch on. <laughs> yeah, I just really don't. It just doesn't sound right, uh, Mr. Last Pick. It just, I don't know. It doesn't sit right. I, I don't feel like I've ever heard that. Um, go ahead with the questions and answers. I, I've already cut out Mr. Last Pick, but go ahead. <laughs> what is what is the name given to the very last pick in every NFL draft? A, Mr. Last Pick. B, Mr. Nobody. Or C. Mr. Irrelevant. Honestly, I think all of those names are very harsh, <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> uh, nobody that sounds right. Like they all sound mean for real, though. <laughs> like if you're telling the last person who's picked on any team, you are Mr. Nobody or Mr. Last Pick or Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, it comes with the draft. It does. I, I'd say the less less mean one would be Mr. Irrelevant because it doesn't specifically say you aren't. Well, it does say you're irrelevant. It just doesn't mean people know your worth. Um, so I, I, I'm going to put my official answer, Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. That is correct. Ah! I tell her I knew it, but you made it harder with them being very close. 
Well, I mean, Mr. Last Pick, that, that was a terrible one I made up. But Mr. <laughs> Nobody was kind of close. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And we're going to go with the last question. We're going to meet you next Wednesday when the next uh, episode airs. Uh, you can check us out on IG during the week where we have great memes and just uh, all around subjects. Uh, you can check out our YouTube and Twitter. Uh, but go ahead with that last question, Mohammed. How many players make the final roster for the NFL regular season? A, 53, B, 60, or C, 57? I kind of didn't even catch the numbers, so you're going to have to go ahead and go again with the questions. <laughs> okay. Uh, how many players make the final roster for the NFL regular season? A, 53, B, 60, or C, 57? This is a hard question because I really, 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 really don't know. <laughs> And just because we have him, you uh, repeated three times, I'm going to go ahead and have you answer it. I mean, not answer it, but repeat it, because I need some time to think about this one. So go ahead again with those uh, questions and answers. How many players make the final roster for the NFL regular season? A, 53, B, 60, or C, 57? Give me the uh, numbers one more time. I don't know why I keep man, I'm missing these numbers. <laughs> okay, A is 53, 5, 3, B is 6660, and C is 5757. Sure. I was just hoping it would kind of clarify some things for me, but I had none of that clear fact. Um, <laughs> I heard the numbers. It's just, I thought I could, I don't know, I just thought I might be able to spark something in my brain by you saying it again. Oh, my God. This is a shot in the dark. Um, yeesh. That does show that there's not that many players on a NFL team. It's not like it's 100 players. But I don't think it's as many as you said. The middle answer was 70. No, it was 60. So I don't think it's 60. The middle answer was actually 57. 57. And then one of them was 60, correct? Yeah, 60 and 53. 53. Yeah, 53, okay. Um, I'm going to lowball it just because they don't need that many people. They need maybe 22 and then double it up for backups. So I'll lowball it, uh, 53. That is correct. Oh, wow. I've finally gotten all three questions right. <laughs> it's been a long time <laughs> yeah I, yeah it has been a long time I, <laughs> but that's not the first time first time what that you got all the questions right oh, no no I wasn't saying first time it's just been a long time <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, we've had some fun of course we would like your suggestions on any topics if you like you can leave them on our IG our YouTube or Twitter page so you think you know sports. You don't need any hashtags for any one of those. And we do appreciate you listening. And this has been So You Think You Know Sports. Good night.